Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is April 13th, 2020. Uh, we'll say it's almost stimulus check day. <laughs> <laughs> How many days till kickoff, Ralph? Oh, man. Where are you at? I know. Come I on. Out of practice. 153 days till we get to see the Buccaneers kick off if we're all not dead from the beer virus. <laughs> I feel like it wasn't even on your brain because... Everything's just up in the air. We don't know. Don't know what? Whether there's going to be a football season. Oh, yeah. You know, there's going to be one. I'm positive. I think so, too. I'm at pes- but I've been wrong optimistic. before. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can we repeat that? I'm going to put that on loop. Shut up. Yeah. All right. Today, we're going to be covering the Know Your Enemy with the Carolina Panther. But first, we want to cover some news. Don't have any fact checks or follow-ups because we were absolutely perfect. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Okay, big news. Falcons unveiled their new uniform, and nobody likes them. I know. (laughs) That was the bigger news. I am so happy about this. It's like everybody's uniforms are sucking, except ours are awesome. You like them, though, the Falcons. Yeah, the Falcons do. I I like the gradient one. I'm I'm weird like that. Okay, here's what's awesome is that now the Falcons have shitty uniforms in our division and the Panthers are in rebuild mode. So it's like all the shit that we've been dealing with as Bucks fans for the last, I don't know, 10 years. It's happening to everyone else in our division and it's glorious. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, you know, everything goes in cycles, right? It does. Hopefully. Hopefully. You saw that. Carolina Panthers reaction video to the oh, that was Falcons new uniforms. They had the video of the Falcons unveiling, and then it showed a clip from the longest yard with Adam Sandler. And it was like... The uniforms look exactly the do. same. And they were laughing over top of it the whole time. And it was from their official Twitter account. That was hilarious. So... Well done, Panthers marketing team. That's the last time we'll ever say that. I don't know. They did a really good job. No, the the Falcons did a good job with the schedule rollout last year. J.C. Cornell tweeted out that he can confirm that the Bucks' trade rumors are correct. They want to move up to secure an elite offensive tackle in the draft. I saw that too and I did not bookmark that tweet because everyone has so much conjecture and rumor this time of year. Yeah, it's the usual. I I didn't even, wasn't going to mention it, but I figured what the heck. But you know, we ignored all the Tom Brady stuff too and look what happened. Right, right. (laughs) I think it was Cornell that was the first to break that. I'm not sure. I'm probably totally wrong with that. Anyhow, you know, he's been kind of iffy with some of his predictions, but here recently it seems like he's been spot on, so I figured I'd go ahead and mention it. Yeah. Did you hear the stats about the Bucks uniforms, how awesome they did? Mm-mm. More, the day that we unveiled our new uniforms, this is per Ian Rappaport, more Tampa Bay merchandise was sold yesterday on the 8th, so the day after the this is a tweet by Ian. That's why it's so disjointed. I'm out of practice, too. <laughs> okay. So, the day after the Bucks unveiled their new uniforms, more Tampa Bay merchandise was sold than the previous 17 days combined. Sweet. And most of that was Brady jerseys yes. and the pewter, I think. <laughs> I know. The sales of Brady's merchandise spiked over 3,000%. I, I and saw then he is also the top-selling athlete across all sports, and the Bucks are the top-selling team. What? what? When Get has that ever here. happened? I know. I saw somebody had got their jersey and posted it online. They Not the, the pewter one, but it was a dark red one with Brady on it. And everybody's getting emails saying that the jerseys might not go out till September, but it appears that some people are getting them. They're starting to trickle in. So we decided not to order them until we didn't want to order them now and then wait till September. So we were going to wait till they get in stock. But I might be rethinking that strategy. I think they probably just want to give themselves enough leeway. Like it's probably yeah, not going to yeah. take that long, but things are a little uncertain now. Right. So they don't want to overpromise because right. think about how 
disappointed and upset people would be if that happened. Oh, yeah, you already they would expected be to be here in a week or the so. Blazers. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, there's a report that the NFL is going to eliminate reviewable pass interference calls <laughs> after <laughs> one season. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Is that because the Saints whined too much? <laughs> it went full circle. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, that I said this when the referees did their CBA a couple years ago and it kind of got swept under the rug. It wasn't that big of a deal. No, no, no. This was when they had the scab refs. No, the scab refs, yes. I think they buckled, the NFL did, to the referees and it gave the referees too much power. And this is a perfect example because it wasn't that the reviews were skewed or off or coaches were manipulating them or whatever. It was the booth would not overturn anything because if you if you Listen to Pat McCaffrey. He was talking about the guy that does the reviews did not want there to be reviewable pass interference calls, so he just refused to overturn any of them. And so the the refs basically got what they wanted. They didn't want this to be a thing in the rule book, so now it won't be. So is that a done deal, or are they just considering it? No, they're not even going to vote on it again because they did it for one year and then they were going to vote on it. So basically, they're just not extending it. Right, it's going to lapse. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that was a failed experiment. Thank God. Well, you know, it could have been a good thing. Right. I mean, if they didn't have incentive to get that right when you could review it, they don't have any incentive to ever get it right. No. But surprisingly, when they had to review it, they were worse. (laughs) No. Like, how does that happen? I think they, well, they did it on purpose, I think. All right, the competition committee proposals are in for the NFL. Uh, we got some 2020 rules change proposals that clubs will consider at upcoming league meetings. The competition committee has submitted this. They want to expand defensive player protection to a kickoff or punt returner who is in possession of the ball, but who has not had time to avoid or ward off the impending contact of an opponent. I'm sure that won't be a complete mess. What does that even mean? How do you ward it's, an attack off? It's more... Is it like Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> you, roll, you roll dice. <laughs> you roll some And the dice. Dungeon Master goes, how do we even know how to play Dungeons I don't. Dungeons and I mean, you went you, no, far. You... I didn't even know there was dice in this. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. Uh, uh, the other competition committee proposal is to prevent teams from manipulating the game clock by committing multiple dead ball fouls while the clock is running. Ah, that's bull. Well, that's, uh, you know, anything to get at the Patriots. Although the Patriots had it done to them by Tennessee, I think it was. I can't remember. Yeah. It was great. And boy, did Belichick get pissed. Okay, now the Philadelphia Eagles have proposed some changes. They want to modify the blindside block rule to prevent unnecessary fouls. Ugh. They need to get rid of the blindside block rule. I know. Keep your head on a swivel. That should be the rule. Make permanent the expansion of automatic replay reviews to include scoring plays and turnovers negated by a foul and any successful or unsuccessful try attempt. Now, I agree with that I like that one. Yeah, Yeah, they should definitely do that That's a good one. one. How many did we get screwed on that way? All of them. Uh, provide an alternative to the onside kick that would allow a team who is trailing in the game an opportunity to maintain possession of the ball after scoring. That's uh, really vague. Basically, fourth and 15 from the kicking team's 25-yard line. Oh, gotcha. Time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they want to restore preseason and regular season overtime to 15 minutes and implement rules to minimize the impact of the overtime coin toss. Boy, that one has just been a mess, the whole overtime stuff. But I think that they've kind of mitigated it by saying that you have to score a touchdown on the first possession in the game. I think the way they've got it now is about as good as you can get. I think so, too. So what what do the Eagles want to happen? Do they want you to be able to score a touchdown and then the other team get a chance to score, too? Don't know. Uh, They want to... It's a very vague request. Yeah, they want to restore it to 15 minutes overtime maximum and just implement rules to minimize the impact of the coin toss. I don't know. Yeah, what the hell does that even mean? It's the Eagles. We know they're all a bunch of whack jobs. So, Whiny babies. <laughs> Miami Dolphins have proposed providing the option to the defense for the game clock to start on the referee's signal if the defense declines an offensive penalty that occurs late in either half. Yeah, so I guess that's an issue that Miami got stung with. Baltimore Ravens and the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers. 
with their new logo. <laughs> what a disaster. Uh, they yeah, ha- that's the uh, Rams. Oh, the, the Rams. Logo. Yeah, that's well, the Rams look, look like the, the Chargers, right? <laughs> and they're playing each other this year, so that's going to be interesting to see. Everybody's going to be confused as to who's catching, who's throwing. Okay. Uh, they both want to add a booth umpire as an eighth game official to the Ugh, officiating crew. That's what we need. More bureaucracy. More, more bureaucracy. Let's just stack it on, stack it on. And they want to add a senior technology advisor to the referee to assist the officiating crew. None of them can work their iPhones. <laughs> they, they're still out there with the rotary phones. <laughs> Have you seen them? They, they, they're like police now. They've got so much crap on their belts. They have so much crap. They got their finger whistles and then the finger little... <laughs> to rake whistles. <laughs> that's a reference to the other guys. Yeah. Uh, the string on their hand, which I think that's separate from the finger whistle. Yeah, yeah, right? well, yeah that's how they keep track and of what down hats, it is. And the hats, that's an important piece of equipment. Yeah, because they, they throw got that their down. Flags. Yep. And then the little blue chip thing that they throw yep, out. Yeah, the turn of possession it's flag. It's crazy. Yeah. Then they got the... Uh, Mike pack where they talk to each other. They've got the mic pack where they get from the booth. And then they have the buzzer for when the coaches want to challenge a play. So they look like Batman out there with their utility belts. <laughs> Not as cool. Lame as Batman on the planet. <sighs> like the hall monitor Batman. Oh, my God. The crossing guard. Yeah. That's, it. that's their superhero name. Crossing guard. Captain crossing guard. So we'll see how much of that's going to get in there. I'm sure the the competition committee suggestions will be the expanding the defensive player protection and uh, prevent teams from manipulating the game clock. That's just hilarious. See, I love stuff like that when coaches can finagle and strategize. You know, they keep taking stuff out like that. It's just not going to make it any fun for us strategy guys. See, Here's the problem is... Tell us what the problem is. Coaches that are not innovative get beat by that shit and it pisses them off. Yeah. yeah. And so they throw temper tantrums because they're getting beat by better men. Right. And so they want to take that element out of it. No. I don't think that's right. Nope. That's what makes it fun. You just never know. Yeah, yeah. It was like Call of Duty. Call of Duty got big with uh, Modern Warfare 2. That's when Ralph coincidentally started playing it. That's when everybody started playing it. So that's when it really hit off. But there was so much cheating in that game that it was fun. You know, there were people that liked to cheat, but then there were people like me who liked to punish the cheaters. (laughs) So I'd run around with rocket launchers and find these guys who were uh, boosting, they would call it, where they were shooting each other and with their... You're going too far down yeah, that rabbit hole. But, you know, it just made it so that no matter what your style was, you know, whether you like to camp or you like to use the boomstick to drop grenades on people or you like to snipe, whatever you like to do, it was available in that game. And you get pissed off when you got grenaded by one of them uh, grenade launchers. But there was ways to beat it. You just had to figure it out. And that's what I like about football because it's a very complex sport. There's all kinds of different ways to win and lose. It's not totally dependent on... You know, the strongest and the fastest. And it's also one of the very few sports where you've got all different size people can play it. I mean, you look at basketball, baseball, boxing, you know, they're all... Racing. Yeah, racing. I mean, you ain't got no big guys racing. Uh, Tony Stewart was... No, he was small. He was big for a a (laughs) racer. But, you know, it's like uh, jockeys on horses. You know, you have to be a soldier. But with football, you can be small, big, skinny, muscular... Whatever. There's always a position out there if you can if you can play the game. That's how I like about it. And that's how I like about the coaching, too, because you can coach in any number of different ways. It yeah, it's, seems a, like, it's like a chess match. I mean, yeah. there's always a counter. And the, the more they whittle away at it, the more they're going to make the game more interesting for people such as myself. Tom Brady seeks trademarks for Tampa Bay and Tampa Brady. I hate it. <laughs> I think he's just kind of gotten business-oriented, and he's... Focus on anything and everything. I don't know if he's going to use them, but yeah, Tampa Bay is kind of silly. Tampa well, Brady is kind of cool. Well, I read that someone else was seeking the trademarks yes. on those names. Yeah. So yeah, the Tampa Brady one. I'm pretty sure it was that one. And they actually filed before Tom Brady. Did, I know, so. so I wonder how that's going to go. Chances are pretty good. Well, he's it. probably got better better lawyers, so. Yeah, yeah. 
Speaking of Tom Brady, he is already involving himself in the community. Tom and Giselle donated 750,000 meals to children, families, and seniors in the Tampa area. Yes, and that's on top of the uh, million dollars they gave to the other meal program that we talked about on the last podcast. And they did a charity, too, where he went on and played poker live, you know, charity event, and got knocked out, like, immediately. (laughs) He's a good sport about it, though. Yeah, football's his thing. Maybe not poker. Right. (laughs) There was a big kerfuffle about Jameis Winston. He put a video up. You know, he's been putting all these videos up showing him training, you know, because of his injuries. You know, he had a knee injury, knee surgery during the offseason. He had his eye surgery during the offseason. He's got a broken thumb. We're not, did he get surgery on that? I don't recall. I don't recall either. So anyhow, you know, there's issues with his physical preparedness. So he's been putting out all these videos showing him working out and showing that he can move around. And all Marketing stuff. material. Yeah. Well, and also because, you know, right now teams can't check him out. You know, it's it's really a bad situation for him in the sense that he can't go and present himself Physically, two teams. I think that's really hurting his chances of getting. Yeah, Cam Newton's kind of in that same boat, right, too. Right, right. Uh, but Cam Newton's a jerk, so. <laughs> uh, that's what happens when you play for opponents. That's right. You become a jerk automatically. So, anyhow, Jameis Winston put this video up of his trainer. He was in front of what looked like a big, huge speed bag, or as some people pointed out, a large scrotum. And James Winston was sitting there in, like, football position, quarterback position, like he's going to throw the ball, and this guy's swinging this big bag at him. And James Winston's, like, ducking and all that. I have no idea what that was supposed to do, but, you know, I don't – I'm not a professional quarterback, so I don't know how effective it would be to practice that. Anyhow, an old quarterback – David Carr. David Carr. It's Derek Carr's brother. Derek Carr's brother. Old, uh, I think he was from the Oregon Ducks, drafted I th- first overall, I think. Was he? Yeah. Can't remember who he went to. Texans, I think. Yeah, got sacked all the time, if I'm recalling this correctly. But anyhow, he put out, he was like, hey, Jameis, good idea here on the board of advice. Uh, don't have your friends come up with weird <laughs> workout routines for you. You're going to get hurt, basically. And then, of course, everybody piled on car because they're like yeah who are you to talk you sucked you know uh, but Jenna Lane came out and she tweeted that the guy that was doing that was not a friend of his it was former NFL defensive end Otis LeVarrett who has been training him for basically his whole career now I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he needs to get a new trainer just on that right there because <laughs> if you watch any of my videos yeah, James Winston's not the most graceful person on the planet and you know, he, well, in he, that whole exercise, he was practicing doing things that he should not be doing during the game. It's, yeah, right. it's kind of part of his problem, which Ralph pointed out in the last video. You can actually see him doing some of the stuff in the video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it's like he should he, he shouldn't be practicing that. He should be eliminating that from his game. Right. If anything, he needs to be practicing standing there while the bag hits him. Right. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, that I think he needs to learn how to do that and not get frantic you know and he needs to be able to focus at throwing the ball and not worried about people coming after him i think it was a big issue with him i just found it interesting how jenna lane jumped in the scrum and called that guy out Jameis did too Jameis basically told him to go pound sand if he didn't have anything constructive to say which good for him yeah i don't know that i've ever seen him do that in his career no with the bucks so yeah and he was very nice about it actually yeah, that's one thing you got to hand it to Jameis Winston, man. He's been a class act throughout all this. You know, he's never he hasn't said a derogatory word about the Buccaneers or anybody in the front office, coaching staff, nothing. Matter of fact, he he was praising them. He was like, "Hey, you know, I see it as a compliment that I got replaced by the goat, Tom Brady." You know, I mean, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, you're not seeing the Josh Freeman treatment from him, and you know, he he's, he seems like he's the kind of guy that he doesn't get too offended by stuff like that. It's just water off a duck's back to him. So it was interesting to see him come back at Carr. But like you said, he did it in a polite way. Greg Allman had pointed out that, uh, speaking of Jameis Winston, that Jameis Winston ranked fifth in the NFL in total sacks taken since the start of 2015. The interesting thing was that there were four people ahead of him 
And here they are. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and Matt Ryan. Interesting. All very good quarterbacks. But they all have fewer fumbles. But his fumbles aren't even that bad. It's like five a year, maybe. Yeah, it's pretty bad. (laughs) I don't know. One every three games. When you combine that with the interceptions. Yeah, they kind of get lost in the interceptions, I think. Yeah, nobody's ever talking about Winston's fumbles because he's got so many interceptions to... That occupies the brain there. Drew Brees has signed a contract with NBC Sports over ESPN. So he's probably going to replace, after he retires from the Saints, he's going to replace Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football. That's a very strange thing to come out with this early. You know, I mean, it's a, that's over a year away. At over least a year, a year yeah. yeah. So I wonder why that was leaked and put out there. Well, and then the whole ESPN thing where... It fell through with Peyton Manning, too. Like, nobody wants to go to ESPN, apparently. Yeah, ESPN sucks. Gosh, I remember when they used to be the best sports channel ever. Basically, the only sports channel. Man, I used to love ESPN. Boy, did they turn into some crap. Well, they're just full of a bunch of blowhards, you know? Nah. All right, so what do we got as far as uh, the Carolina Panthers, Molly? Speaking of blowhards. <laughs> we just love, we love digging it to our opponents, Heck don't we? yes. That's the point. All right, we got our Know Your Enemy today with the Carolina Panthers. This one's going to be fun. They have the most turnover churn going on over there. They are in complete rebuild. But you know what? Before we get into that, let's hear a word from our sponsors. We all know about the coaching turmoil occurring at the Panthers. Yeah, but can't ever get enough news on that. I know. Love it. I I didn't delve into the coaching staff. I just went to the coordinator position, and that's basically it. So let's talk about Matt Rule. (laughs) We kind of went over this when he got hired, but just to recap. And then, actually, I'm more interested in his coordinators. They're pretty interesting. Matt Rule is from Baylor. He, before that, was at Temple. He was with both for three years. His first year at Baylor... He finished one and eleven. That Ooh. was in tw- I know bad. Jeez. That was in twenty seventeen, and it was a similar thing when he was at Temple. He kind of did bad. Second year, he went seven and six and had a bowl berth, and then his third year, he went eleven and three, appeared in the Big Twelve Championship and the Sugar Bowl. So it does seem like he's got a track record for turning teams around. It doesn't happen fast. It just take, it does take a couple years. So this year, I think we can pretty safely say that it's going to be a rebuild, although we've been burned by this before. So I'm not going to say it's a certainty that they're going to be terrible, but... I will. <laughs> Screw it. There's a pretty good chance. Yeah. Hey, we were right about it last year. Yes, that we they were. were going to suck. We nailed that one on points, but... Uh, we didn't nail that the San Francisco 49ers and the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs were going to be good. Yeah, that Pat Mahomes, such a bust. <laughs> <laughs> they kept their special teams coordinator, Chase Blackburn. It's his fifth year in the NFL as a coach. and That's a weird thing to keep, the special teams coordinator. I know, and their special teams was not great last year. Although, okay, so Football Outsiders has them ranked, their special teams was 31st in 2019. Oh my god! I know. But they were 18th in 2018. Now, their rankings does include, like, scoring and if you think about it, like, Carolina wasn't winning a whole lot of games, they weren't scoring a lot, so right. that could be part of the factor why they were so bad in 2019. In any case, they've got some consistency in that area. Their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, first of all, this man is a baby. He's 30. He's only 30. 31. Born September 23rd, 1989. He looks like Ron Weasley. (laughs) Maybe he's going to pull out the uh, wand and do some magic. You got no better Harry Potter reference. No, than that. no. I mean, you're pulling out all the stops for Dungeons and Dragons. And <laughs> <laughs> I know about as much about Harry Potter as I do Dungeons and Dragons. I know there's wands involved in both. Yeah. <laughs> Our Harry Potter fan, you're a Harry Potter fan. How come yes. you're not into Dungeons and Dragons? That was like before my time. Okay. It wasn't cool. I wonder if uh, Joe Brady is into Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> he looks like he might be. 
So last year, he was the passing game quarter coordinator and wide receivers coach at LSU. Another college coach. Yeah, he's a college coach. He had one season at LSU. That was it, last season. Is he married to the head coach's daughter or something? <laughs> I don't or know. How did he get the job? I don't know. Hold on. We'll talk about that in a second. He co- he helped coach Joe Bur- or Joe Burrow, who's the, the quarterback, the, the big guy in this draft yeah. that everyone's excited about. And Joe Burrow won the Heisman. The Tigers went undefeated that year, and they won the college football playoff game over Clemson. They finished the season with college football's top-rated offense. They averaged 568.5 yards a game and 48.4 yards points per game. A lot of points. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's college. college. <laughs> That's not impressive to me. <laughs> they finished second in passing offense. And Joe Burrow set a new single-season record with 60 passing touchdowns. So what was Joe Brady? He's the new offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. What was he at LSU during this time? Wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator. Good grief. That's a huge jump to go from wide receiver coach to offensive coordinator of an NFL team. Yeah. But it looks to me, because of what they've done in free agency, they're really going. They're really focusing on the passing game. It looks to me like they are kind of shifting their offense. It's like when you break up with someone and then you go the exact, the exact opposite. opposite. Like that's what they're doing with their team. They're saying, "Fuck defense. We don't need a defense anymore, and let's sling this thing." That's what they're doing. Let it rip. Let it rip. That's funny. So, so instead of Cam Newton, they're going to get a short, skinny white guy. Yeah, probably. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Who dresses very well because <laughs> Cam Newton was a horrible dresser. Oh my god! So they picked up this wide receiver in free agency, and he's got the same stupid sideshow bob hair that Cam Newton did. Oh no! In his picture, what he? I even put that in my notes. He's got a dumb haircut. Why? Hmm. Joe Brady spent two years at New Orleans with the Saints before he he coached at LSU. So he does have some NFL experience. Minimal, yeah. He was an offensive assistant. Okay. But he worked with head coach Sean Payton and Drew Brees. So he's got that going for him. Hmm. Hmm. Gives him a competitive advantage. He coached at his alma mater, William & Mary, where he coached linebackers from 2013 to 2014. Oh, so he's got work on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And he played for William & Mary, too. He was a wide receiver. I was going to say kicker, but... <laughs> he was a wide receiver, I think it was from 2009 to 2012. But William & Mary, I don't know that they have a very robust football program. I just can't get over that he's 30 years old and... Offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator. NFL team, yeah. But, you know, look at Sean McVay... Yeah. With the Rams. I mean, that's he's the boy wonder. Well, how old is the Carolina Panthers head coach? He's not very... I would say he's probably early 40s. Rule. Rule. Rahule. I just Googled it. He's 45. Okay. Spot on, Molly. Pat yourself on the back. Don't hurt your arm. Twist it. <laughs> so, what Joe Brady has in Utes. Utes. They've gone the other way on the defense. You got a bunch of old people. They, they do. Oh, crickety. They brought in Phil Snow as defensive coordinator. He is a. I remember thir- Phil Snow back in the war. <laughs> he has 37 years of collegiate coaching experience. So he's a college coach, too. So he's been coaching longer than Joe Brady has been alive. Yeah. <laughs> He was Matt Rule's defensive coordinator at Baylor for the last three years. And then before that, they coached for seven years together uh, at Temple. No, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. They have coached for seven years together overall. So they were at Temple together at Baylor, and I guess a year before that. He's been with seven schools at the college level. And he did also coach four seasons at the Detroit Lions from... 2005 to 2008, he was the linebackers coach. All right. Wasn't that in the period where they went 0-16? Probably there's a good chance, yes. Yeah, we got a winner on our hands over there in Carolina. He coached the uh, 
he was with the coaching staff at the 2008 Lions when they went 0-16. So there we go. Well, that was his last year in the NFL. So <laughs> <laughs> Probably a reason why. You know, and they, the Carolina Panthers put this part in his bio, which I thought they should have left off. <laughs> in 2009, Baylor ranked 41st in the nation in total defense. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's not a good so I know I know that there's a lot of colleges, but it's 4,720 just... <laughs> college football teams, so he's up in the top 1%. <laughs> I know. 41st, so there we go. But they did finish second in turnovers, third in interceptions, eighth in sacks per game, and fifth in turnover margin. So... Interesting. That's the coach. They just can't staff. stop anybody from scoring. Yeah. Apparently. Apparently. Well, we'll have fun with well, that. Well, they didn't really need to because their offense could put up a lot of points. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. Our defense is going to eat them alive. Yeah. Well, I hope we play Carolina early in the season. So we'll get that, that easy win easy under our win. belt. I know. Boost our confidence. Their cap situation. Oh, my gosh. You were telling me this earlier. First this is of incredible. all. They have $48 million in dead cap space. That is incredible. That so, is bad money management right yeah, there. Yeah, so their adjusted <laughs> salary cap is $208 million. They're, and then, they're checking their mail right now for that government stimulus check. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we... We got to pay some bills. We got to pay some bills. $48 million. $48 million. That's, that's a quarter of their salary cap I is know. going to players that aren't even on their team anymore. Right. Wow. So, I mean, there was an extensive list of people on there, but it was very top-heavy. They've got an $11.8 million cap hit for Keekly, who, of course, retired. But also remember Wait, that... If, if he retired, he's, there's still a cap hit? But remember last season, in the offseason, he restructured his contract so that they would have more cap space. So I am all for this because... It's what they negotiated at huh. that point. Interesting. Yeah, so he probably knew he was going to retire, and he was like, yeah, let's, let's get another take my salary. Paycheck, yeah, right. We'll put it off for a year. And then they, they're they also paying $9.8 million for Matt Khalil, who's no longer on the team. Didn't he retire, too? Well, oh God, I can't remember. Because there's two Khalils, and I think the one, they were brothers, mm -hmm. the one went to... I think he retired and then went to the Jets. He retired from Carolina. It was yeah. like a big dramatic thing. That's this guy, isn't it? Well, there's Matt, and then I think there's Ryan. Yeah, I think Ryan was the one that retired. Oh, okay, okay. So this uh, Matt Khalil went to the Texans. He's like the younger brother. Yeah, he he, he went to the Texans. Okay, there we go. Yeah. He was with Carolina from 17 to 18. So they're still paying him. It's 2020. I've got to pay him. That's terrible. <laughs> okay. The Carolina Panthers have the Bank of America Stadium. <laughs> Maybe they should hire somebody Some from the bank managers. to manage their money. Ooh. They've also got $9.59 million for Trey Turner, who they traded this year, which I will get to that later. Mm. What, what do they got for Cam Newton? His cap hit is only $2 million. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's surprising. I thought that... I did, too, but maybe there's more next year. I don't know. At this point, April 13th, Carolina has $17.8 in available cap space. And that includes their draft and the people that they've signed thus far. Now, they did jettison a lot of players. So they had 35 total free agents, which is a lot. Like, normally, I think last year in the 20s, was what we were seeing across the division. And so 35, that's that's a pretty good number. I'm going to go through unit by unit, position by position, and we will talk about the moves that they've made. We'll start with the offense and quarterback. Of course, they cut Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> they signed Teddy Bridgewater. They also signed P.J. Walker from the XFL. And then, this was really weird. They extended Kyle Allen a year. They gave him an extension for a year. And then two weeks later, they traded him to the Redskins. Yes. Which I thought that was kind of messed up. If I were Kyle Allen, I'd be a little upset. But it seems like it's a pretty good bet that he is Ron Rivera's guy. It, yeah, from what I've heard, Ron Rivera is definitely going to have a competition between the two quarterbacks. And, you know, Ron Rivera likes Kyle Allen. So. Right, that's his guy. Yeah, good, good chance he's going to be the starting quarterback. 
You always hate to see that with young guys yeah. that get drafted pretty high, and then they're just kind of a casualty of the coaching turnover. Mm-hmm. We saw that with Glennon. Yeah, I remember with Sean King. You know, he he was our quarterback, did pretty good, took us to the playoffs. And then John Gruden comes in and got Brad Johnson, and King was out. Was he always salty about that? I don't know, but he apparently started liking the food because he blew up, man. He's, oh, no. he's a big old guy now. We got news today that Christian McCaffrey was extended. It is a monster of a contract for a running back. It's made him the highest paid in the NFL history. He, Which was kind of surprising because it's like, what, $16 million a year? Yeah, it's not even that much. Well, I, mean, well, I guess for a running back. Yeah. But, but I, you know, it, I could have swore. I was like, man, it seems like there's been running backs that have gotten more yeah, than $16 that's million a year. I felt too. But it is a $64 million contract. He's averaging $16 million a year. It was a four-year contract extension. He still had a couple years left on his initial contract. Yeah, well, Which they, I think that he really deserved to get paid. I mean, he's... Yeah, they they, they were smart to wrap him up. Yeah. That's the last time you'll carrying, ever hear me say that. <laughs> he's been carrying that offense for at least a year, yeah. so... Shifty we, little dude. Yeah, we don't know yet what the guaranteed numbers are yet, so... They also extended running back Reggie Bonifon one year. So, some depth there. Where they've really made some moves is in the wide receiver core. And I, seeing this, would not be surprised if they go after a stud in the draft. Because last year with Cam, of course, he's got his noodle arm. So, (laughs) that didn't help his receivers. But... You know, I'm going to miss Cam Newton. You I know. know. It just, it's fun ragging on him. Yeah. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is a little harder to rag on. That's true. Yeah, there's really nothing there. We still got Drew Brees, though, so that's cool. They've made a ton of moves with wide receivers. They signed our boy Ishmael Hyman, who was a Buccaneer. Hyman! It's just a reserves contract, so. Okay. It's not a done deal for him, but they picked up. This is the guy with the goofy hair. Wide receiver Robbie Anderson from the Jets. From the Jets, yeah. 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 Uh, Drafted by them in 2016. Last year, he earned $4.7 million, and he averaged about 50 yards a game in his first four years, so... I only know him because of fantasy football. Yeah. Yeah. They pay... It's a two-year contract worth $20 million. Hmm. He's like Rashard Perriman. Yeah, a little bit. I think it's kind of a prove-it contract. That's a lot to get somebody to prove it. $10 million a year? I'll, I'll prove something for $10 million a year. What do you want me to prove? His base salary is $4 million. And then he had a $4 million signing bonus. So it's an $8 million cap hit this year. Not too bad. I don't see him like as a starting caliber, though. I feel like they're going to go after somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like, like you said, they're really gearing up to start ripping the ball down the field. Yeah. They signed wide receiver Seth Roberts from Baltimore. That one is a one-year $3.75 million deal. Never heard of him. They re-signed DeAndre White on a one-year $825,000 deal. They signed Keith Kirkwood from New Orleans. That is a one-year $800,000 deal. Man, a bunch of one-year deals here. Yeah. They signed Pharaoh Cooper from Arizona. That is also a one-year deal worth $1.2 million. So, like I said, they don't have a stud receiver. So, I would not be shocked to see them go after one in the draft. Yeah. They have unsigned wide receiver free agents in Jarius Wright and Chris Hogan, who isn't Chris Hogan somebody from New Orleans? Name sounds familiar. Yeah. I meant New England because he's like an Edelman, Amendola kind of size. And he did from 16 to 18. Just off the tip of your head. Right, exactly. It's amazing how you can remember stuff like that. (laughs) They're cleaning house with their tight ends, too. Of course, they got rid of Greg Olson, who went to Seattle. They also got rid of Marcus Ball, who went to Washington, rejoined Ron Rivera there. They have signed Seth DeValve from Jacksonville, and that is a one-year, $1 million deal. And then they've also got free agent Dylan Gordon that they have not yet re-signed. 
Man, that's a lot of one-year deals. And that's kind of what we did last year. Yeah, it's true. They've also jettisoned a lot of guys from their offensive line, which last year their offensive line was not great anyway. Like I said earlier, Trey Turner got traded to the Chargers for tackle Russell Okung. They waived Garrett McGinn. Their right tackle, Daryl Williams, was a free agent. He went to Buffalo on a one-year deal. Greg Van Roten, who was guard, went to the Jets on a three-year, $10.5 million deal. They signed John Miller from Cincinnati. He's a 27-year-old guard. That is a one-year deal worth $4 million. And then they've got two unsigned free agents in guard Brandon Green and guard Kit O'Brien. So they've got a lot of turnover on yeah. their offensive line. That's a lot. Trey Turner, he's, he's good. Well, they got rid of him. I know. Well, Russell Kong, he's not too bad either. But Right. Their guard spot is totally vacant now. Craig Van Rotten, I liked him too. Rotten, Roten, you said Roten. I did say Roten. I said Rotten. It just looked phonetically. Yeah, it does. Like Roten. Roten. So that's it on their offense, although I say that's it. It was a lot of turnover. So basically, Christian McCaffrey is the only player they have. Yeah. One that they that's played with this team before, and two that has a contract longer than a year. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, it's gonna be so much fun this I year. I mean, you really do expect it with a new coach and especially an offensive minded coach, but this is just Yeah, this level. It's never ever it never works out when you blow up your offensive line, ever. Yeah, ask Lovey Smith how that went. Yeah, right. Ugh. They're shooting for uh top pick next year, I bet. <laughs> Maybe twenty twenty one. Get a top new quarterback. Pick. Yeah. <laughs> They got their eye on somebody. Probably the quarterback from... Baylor. Baylor. Who was it? I don't know. Yeah, uh, Charlie Brewer was the uh, quarterback for Baylor under Rule. Matt Rule. And he's going to be eligible for the draft next year. So, hmm. Interesting. Interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. Yep, they're tanking for Brewer. <laughs> they gotta, Choking yeah. for Charlie. <laughs> Choking for Charlie. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, that wraps it up for offense. For special teams, they had one. They extended their kicker, Joey Sly, one year. Now, on defense, it's about the same as it was on offense. Yeah, there's nobody Basically, left Basically, everybody's gone. Keekly's so, gone. at safety, they released Eric Reed. They signed Justin Burris from Cleveland. It was a two-year, $8 million deal. The, their free safety, Colin Jones, he is a free agent and is currently unsigned. At linebacker, of course, they lost Keekley to retirement. And paying him $11 million yeah. for the privilege. <laughs> that's on them, though. That's what ha- And this is why Jason Light doesn't do that. Right. Because yeah. that's what happens. That's what happens. They lost outside linebacker Bruce Irvin to Seattle. This one's weird because that happened like midway through March and... The details of his contract are not out there yet. And I think it probably has to do with the current circumstances and the NFL Mm, physicals being difficult. So I suspect that's the case. I don't have any information that confirms that. But Conspiracy theory time. (laughs) Outside linebacker Mario Addison went to Buffalo on a three-year, $30.45 million deal. Wow. This is just going to be a totally different team. Yeah, completely. Completely. They signed linebacker Tahir Whitehead from the Las Vegas Rams. That's a one-year, $2.5 million deal. The defensive line is where there is a ton of turnover. You said the Las Vegas Rams? Yes. I know. That's So on Spot Rack, they just show the initials of each team, like to and from, and it was LVR, and it really confused me. So, are you saying the Rams or the Raiders? Oh, the Raiders. Okay. Did I say the Rams before? Yeah, yeah. You were confusing me. With oh, that. But, you know, okay. there's so much movement in the league now. I don't, I don't know who's playing where. So, I was like, damn, is Vegas getting two teams? No. Okay. I saw okay. the R. It just came out. I don't know. So, it's LVR. Los- LVR. Yeah, it was super confusing. Lover. Oh, it does look like Lover. That's so gay. Uh so yeah, to hear Whitehead, I lost my place completely. To to hear Whitehead from the Raiders, not the Rams. Okay. On the defensive line, everybody's gone. Everybody, they all went to Dallas. Everybody, they did extend F.A. Obata, 
defensive end one year. Gerald McCoy, of course, went to Dallas on a three-year, $18.3 million deal. Don Terry Poe joins him. Those contract details are also not made public yet. Defensive tackle Vernon Butler went to Buffalo on a two-year, $15 million deal. But they have made moves to replace these people. So they signed defensive tackle Zach Kerr from Arizona on a two-year, $3 million deal. And then they also signed defensive end Stephen Weatherly from Minnesota. That is a two-year, $12.5 million deal. Defensive tackle Kyle Love and Stacy McGee are both unsigned free agents for the Panthers. So they haven't brought them back yet. Probably won't. Maybe Kyle Love will go to the LVR, the Lovers. <laughs> <laughs> that just totally changes the whole persona of the Raiders because, <laughs> like, before now they're like tough. The black hole. And yeah, they're like now they're the bad bleeding hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine them like dressed as Cupid, like in black. That's gonna be their mascot, Cupid. They're gonna oh. be throwing roses on the field. The fans are. <laughs> Oh, that is so bad. It is bad. It would suck to be a Raiders fan right now. I'm not going to lie. Having your team go to Vegas. Yeah, because they have a really loyal fan base, too. I can see doing it to a team like the Rams or the Chargers, who their fan base is kind of dwindling anyway. Mm -hmm. But the Raiders, I mean, they stick with that team through thick and thin. They show up. Yeah. Then you're just going to move on. Yeah, well, I mean, they bounced around in California for a long time. I mean, they were the L.A. Raiders, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, but, you know, going to Vegas, it's completely out of the state. Maybe it's not that far of a drive. I don't know. Vegas, baby. I think it's like uh, six hours, seven hours. Okay. Yeah. That sucks. Might be four. I don't know. In their defensive backfield, they also lost this one's great james bradbury who they always put on mike evans mm-hmm. he's gone gone went to the giants that was a three-year 43 and a half million dollar deal they extended cole luke one year i don't know him and then <laughs> they've got ross cockerel and jv and elliot former buccaneer still unsigned so they're not bringing those guys back probably Man, wow. They're signing a bunch of kind of no-name guys. Yeah. Uh, Four and a half hours. That's how long it is from Los Angeles, California to Las Vegas, Nevada. Is that a flight, though, or a drive? Well, it's a picture of a car, so. Oh, right. We'll go with the car. Maybe it's a flying car. Maybe it's a flying car. (laughs) (laughs) We can't understand emojis. Whatever. So that is the state of free agency in Carolina. Sounds great to me. I know. Me too. I'm very happy with the way things are working out for the Panthers. Rebuild. I wish them luck this year, and by luck, I mean bad luck. I mean, these rebuilds, they just don't... They are black cats, after all. You can't do it in a year. Panthers, black cats, bad luck. Yes. It doesn't even sound like they're really trying to rebuild to me. It sounds like they're just plugging guys in the spots. I think they are. I I mean, I don't know, though. I mean, you get rid of basically your whole defensive line. You're you're replacing all your wide receivers. I don't... It just... Your whole offensive line. Your whole defensive it's a re- line. It's a rebuild. But they're not rebuilding these guys. I mean, they're just plugging people in. I don't know. Scrubs. Just, yeah. Well, that's all they can afford. Because they can't bounce their checkbook. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've written on credit cards. Bank of America needs to take them in under their wing. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not upset about it. That's for sure. I think it's uh, great news. I think they're on the right path to help the Buccaneers. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, this is really great news for the Buccaneers. Uh, I'm happy with the way everything has turned out this offseason. I ain't going to lie to you. It's been a great offseason. Probably the best offseason I can remember. Oh, that's not a good thing, though. We don't want to win the offseason. I don't know. I think when you get Tom Brady, you kind of win the offseason. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely win the offseason when you get Tom Brady. But, you know, I mean, there's a possibility he could stink the joint up, but I think it's a very, very, very low possibility. I'm not going to lie. I feel like the stakes are really high and I am a little nervous. I'm not. I'm extremely excited just to see what happens. But I I have all the confidence in the world that it's just going to be an awesome year. I mean, our defense looks spectacular to me at the end of the year. The last half of the year. I love our defensive line. We kept them together. I love our linebackers. Kept them together. Our secondary really, 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 really started showing up. I mean, just they were... 
They were amazing at the last half of the year, doing some incredible stuff back there. We've got elite wide receivers. Now we have the GOAT. I I just can't. It's impossible for us to screw this up. <laughs> Famous last words. That's what I'm saying. Like, Hey, on paper, we're the bomb. Do people even say that anymore? No. When was that popular? Like the 90s? When people played Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> but before they watched Harry Potter. Right, right? exactly, okay. yes. Yeah, nerd. <laughs> You're a nerd. Harry Potter. I'm surprised you don't have a little lightning bolt tattooed on your forehead. That was like one of our first dates. We sat in the house and watched all the Harry Potter movies. Oh, yeah, that's true. You put me through that. You're trying to get my pants. It worked. <laughs> If I would have known all it taken was a cheeseburger, <laughs> I would have had to suffer through 17 hours of Harry Potter. And then we went and saw uh, the one Harry Potter movie li- uh, live. When it first came out, we went all- drove an hour and a half away so we could see it in IMAX in 3D. So, you know, hey, I was I was really trying to get my <laughs> You know, I can't see the 3D. Like, I have no depth perception. <laughs> so those glasses don't work. Now you tell me. I know. Like 10 years later, you're going to tell me this stuff. So I shelled out all that money for nothing? Yeah, basically. Oh, all right. So uh, next time we're going to have the who? I don't know. Who should I do next? Falcons or Saints? Then do the Falcons. Let's go yeah. in order of crappiness. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. We'll do the Falcons. So we'll try to have that as our next podcast, maybe, unless we have some interesting news. And we'll probably do it in here. Yeah, and I hope to do it by the end of the week. We've gotten comments. People miss us. Yeah, we're only doing the one podcast a week. It feels weird. I'm not used to it. But we honestly, we, we've been very busy, you know, this being locked up in the house. You're saying you're le- not as productive as you are at work, but we're constantly busy. I mean, we yeah. we don't relax like we used to. Like, we're constantly doing stuff. And it just seems, I, I don't know how this has gotten away from us. But also, there's really not a whole lot to talk about with the Buccaneers, or football in general. But we try to keep this podcast strictly Buccaneers news, Buccaneers-related news, so we don't go into all the stuff going on in the other divisions and all that mess. So, you know, it did really limits us on what we have to talk about. And, matter, you know, just reading the articles, you know, every day, it's just really there's a lot of opinion pieces. It's yeah, not a there's lot going so on. much conjecture and speculation. But it just occurred to me that the draft is in like two weeks. And Goodell's going to do it from his basement, from what I hear. Is his wife and kids going to boo him? <laughs> Who was it that said that? I know, yeah. I totally stole that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, well, this is the first time that he will have a draft where he doesn't get booed. He's going to be pushing for this every year. It would be so funny, and he would go such a long way to establish a relationship with the fans if he had, like, a little button he could press where every time he went up there, when he got in front of the microphone to say something, he pressed it, and it was like booze. You know, yeah, you know like what? Like a soundboard. Bear. I think it would be funnier if he did, like, an applause. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. In your face. Yeah. He would definitely push for that every year, then. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.